Once again, it's a thrill and a privilege to be able to stand and actually see people. As I said last week, uh, for the last close to one year, I've been two or three times a week preaching into an iPad, a screen. And all I see is a, a little bit of myself. And uh, it's just good to see people. Yeah. And I hope you all had a good week. You love God. Yeah. You're all out for him. And I trust that as you leave today with me, we're all different. All right, so I want to try to start what I tried to start last week and speak about fruitfulness. I had intended to uh, start with Matthew 13 last week. I had intended to start with Matthew 13 this week. But because of time, I've just gone to a shorter portion of the Word of God, and that's in Mark chapter 4. If you would turn in your Bibles, Mark, chapter 4, not Mike, Mark. All right, uh, chapter 4. And I want to speak to you about one of the things that the Word of God tells us is um, God is predestined for us. There are a lot of things that God has put into our genetic makeup when we were made in the image of God that I don't think all God's people understand, and certainly the world doesn't understand. God's ordained us, predestined us to worship him. If we don't worship God, because God put something into every human being, the need to worship, God put it in. If we don't worship God, we'll find something else to worship. We'll worship footy stars, tennis stars, crickets. We'll worship someone, even our pastors. Our children. Anyway, that's not what I come to preach about. We've We were ordained for worship. We were ordained for fellowship. And if we don't fellowship with God, and if we don't fellowship with God's people, we'll find the wrong people. Because we need to fellowship. Why? Because God put the need to fellowship inside of every human being on earth, whether they're saved or unsaved. It's, It's not an option. It's just optional as to where you worship and who you fellowship with. God put in every one of us a need for friendship. If we don't find friendship with him, we'll find friendship with the world. And so we could go on. But the one I want to speak about today is that God has put into every one of us the need, the ability And his expectation of us to be fruitful. Right in Genesis chapter 1. In the creation of the world, God said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply. It's right there. In John chapter 15, I think it's verse 8, Jesus said to his disciples, and that comes down to us today, you did not choose me. And so I often hear people, that's a dot, dot, dot. I'm going to continue that little statement in a moment. But I often hear people say, I've chosen Jesus. Or I found Jesus. The truth of the matter is, he actually chose us. And we actually were found by him. When I came to Christ, I was not searching for Christ. But the night I encountered him, 
That was the night he had been after me and he got me. So he says, you did not choose me. And that's why we could, should always be grateful. If we know Christ, we should never stop praising him. He chose us. All of the warts. Everything that's wrong with us, he still chose us. He knew exactly all the sins you would commit and I would commit through our whole lifetime. Till the day we die, he calls us, and yet he still chose us. Wow. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> Think about your life the last week. He knew about all those things you did that were not good. I want to be naughty and say, if you didn't do anything naughty, put up your hand, but don't. <laughs> He knew about it. You didn't catch him by surprise, off God. But he says, not only did I choose you, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. Why? To bear fruit. You see, it's in our gen genetic makeup to be fruitful. To be fruitful means to be productive, to be effective, for our lives to count for God. And that's the subject I want to speak about today. Bearing fruit, being fruitful. And in order for us to do that, would you just turn with me and just read a little few verses from uh, Mark chapter 4. And I'm going to pick up in uh, verse 13. And if you read verse 12, it would actually say that unless you're seriously going after God, He's not going to be able to reveal Himself to you. Uh, but we're going to pick up in the 13th verse. And then Jesus said to them, that being the disciples... Don't you understand the parable? This is the sower and the seeds. That a sower went out to sow seed. Some seed fell upon different kinds of soil. The soil is representative of our hearts because that's where all seed starts to grow for you and for me. Seed in us, seed through us. It starts in our hearts. All seed. Seeds of doubt, seeds of faith, Good seeds, bad seeds, everything starts in our heart. As a man thinks in his heart, yeah. so he becomes. Wow. Are you there? Yeah. All right, reading on. Don't you understand this parable? Don't you, how then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Now Luke tells us in Luke chapter 8 that the, the word is the, is, is the seed. The seed that God sows is his word. The seed I've got to sow has to be his word. Things that are in the word. If I want to be fruitful, I need to sow the word of God. Or what the word, now I don't walk around quoting scripture and saying I'm sowing the seed. It's what's in the word. It's all of his promises and all of his precepts. Now, Deliberately chosen that word precept because Christians don't like the word obey <laughs> or commands because that's what the precepts are. All of his promises and all Christians love his promises. Most Christians that I know today don't like his commands. Where do you fit in? <laughs> Where do I fit in? Where does my family fit in? Where does our church fit in? We love his promises, I know that. Do we love his commands, his precepts? So what I'm saying is, 
And this is what the Word of God is saying, that you and I need to be sowing His promises and sowing His commands, His precepts. Ignore the word command, precepts. It's more acceptable. I'm being politically correct. Moving on quickly. Some people are like the seed, like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Guaranteed today, while seed is being sown, straight away the devil wants to rob it from you. He'll put something in your mind to distract you from it. Or to say, well, that guy doesn't live it. Or that person, what about this? What about the pastors? What about... Straight away, as seed is sown, the devil tries to rob it from you. Reading on. He takes the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. Haven't I seen that? I've seen people say... I put my hand up, I want Jesus. And then there's joy. But it doesn't last long. It goes on, he says, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. Now who decides what kind of soil we are and how deep the roots get in? God, no. The devil, no. Your family, no. Only one person can decide for Dudley, and only one person can decide for you, and that's you. And for me, it's me. No one else. Reading on, when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. You think over the seven and a half years, just so you, I'm trying to make it real here. The seven and a half years we've been going together, how many people have responded and still standing? How many have fallen away? How many in your own life, as you've witnessed, shared? Not everyone stands. And yet it's God's will that everyone gets saved and everyone, everyone goes all the way. It's His will. But He will not rob us of our free choice. Because He does not want a bunch of robots. He presses a button, we all stand up. He presses a button, we all sit down. He presses another button, we all raise our hands. That's the only option. You're either going to be robotic or you've got free choice. Now, I wish to some degree he had made us robots. <laughs> Only to some degree. That it's not an option. Anyway, moving on. Still others... Like the seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but what stops the word taking root and producing fruit? The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things. What do they do? They come in and choke the word. So there's still a bit of something happening in there, but it's like... And you see so many Christians living like that. You look at them and they're like, there's no joy. There's no freedom. There's no authority, no power. And you see, all of us 
to some degree fit into one of these four soils. Goes on to say, they choke the word, making it unfruitful. See, it has the potential. It can be fruitful. But worries, anxieties, deceitfulness, riches, going after the wrong things. These are the things that are holding God's people back. Can you see that? Yeah. Now, this is not to be unkind. This is to be kind so that God can release us if our eyes are opened afresh. It's all one, you know, that, a lot of the preaching of the Word of God is for God to say, you've heard this, but I want to open your eyes afresh because somewhere things are creeping in that are choking the life of God. And you're not being as fruitful as you could be. You know, it's, an, it's sometimes just a good thing to stop for a moment and say, actual fact, how much fruit am I bearing in my own life? How much of the fruit of the Spirit, the love, God's love, the agape love, the love that loves unconditionally, no matter what people do to me, I still love. The church used to be full of people who used to love the church. But they want nothing more to do with the church. But you see, the thing is that when God's love gets a hold of you, you love the church in spite of anything it does. No matter how it treats you. You don't justify it. What they did was wrong, but you can't help loving Christ's body. Because you cannot, God says you can't love him and not love his people. It's impossible. And yet there's so many people sing love songs to Jesus, and they don't like his people. Their people see that, yeah, they possibly don't like me. Probably don't like me. Certainly don't like me. Thank you. You and me together. I'm not fishing. You know what I'm trying to say. You can't. Anyway, moving on. Others like the seed sown on the good soil hear the word, like you're doing today, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, and even 100 times what was sown. We were all designed for fruitfulness. Every one of us, every one of us has the potential. Every thought, every word, every action, every attitude, every response, every reaction is producing fruit in you and as a result of what it produces in you, through you. Negative thoughts produce fruit in you and that will produce fruit outside as you sow the wrong seeds. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Because that's what the Word of God's trying to say to us. We can't allow our hearts, our minds, just to run random and, and do what it likes with what we think, what we feel towards people, how we react towards people. You see, in actual fact, Jesus actually said this, you'll know the tree by the fruit. I can stand here and make more noise than any of you and dance and even do, you know, cartwheels and spin and jump all over the place, run across the chairs if I still had the energy and the, the, the skill to do it. But that wouldn't prove a thing. It's when I'm under pressure, what comes out? Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
you stupid fool. Oh, you know, I'm... No, that was what you were thinking. And out of the head, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And it's, Darren does something wrong, now turn around and wah! Oh, sorry, Darren, I'm not, you know, I'm not like... No, you are. That's exactly what you are. Under pressure, what you really are came out. How are you doing? Help us, Lord. <laughs> now, you say, Dudley, you're bringing me into condemnation. No, I'm trying to bring you into freedom. Freedom, come on. Truthfully. Because if we don't face the fact, we deceive ourselves forever. But the fact is that no matter what you've done, God still loves you and is saying, if you will let my word take root in you, you'll change. If you don't, you'll just be the same 10 years from now if Jesus hasn't come back. 100 years from now if you can live that long. No change. So, good seed, good fruit. Bad seed, bad seed, bad fruit. No seed, I wish I could end with saying no fruit because there's, there's some truth in that. But if you don't sow some seed from God, you'll be sowing some seed from the devil. He'll make sure of it. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through to 10. I hope we can get that up there. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through to 10. God's word says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Whatever you plant, that's what you're going to reap. If you plant to the... I've gone a blank. If you plant to the... To the uh, oh, I've got it written here somewhere. If you, yeah, if you plant to please the sinful nature, you will from that sinful nature reap. But if you plant to the Spirit, that's what we want to be doing. God cannot be more. What You see, in Genesis chapter 1, God established a principle that is here forever. Whatever seed you sow, that's the, what you get. You sow apple, you get apples. You don't sow apples and get oranges. Each after its own kind. If you sign to the flesh, you're going to reap from the flesh. But if you sign to the spirit, you're going to reap from that spirit. Okay. Not too sure whether you're there, whether you're switching off. All right, so. I'm going to move on past a whole lot of these scriptures now. Just can I just go back to what I said something last last Sunday that uh, that I think is important for us to to remember. Uh, Jesus actually says in Proverbs chapter four, above all else, guard your your heart, for out of it, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Guard your heart because out of it, I'm trying to think of what the uh, the, the New International says. It's the wellspring of life is what the King James... For everything you do flows from it. All right. When I look up there, sometimes I'm not, it's not quite where I want to be. The Good News Bible says of that, that little part, for out of your heart, or the, guard your heart, it says this, your life is shaped 
by your thoughts. The New Living Translation says that your heart determines the course of your life. It determines the whole course of your life. It's not just momentary. It's the whole course of your life. So, the law of the harvest. What you sow, you reap. That's a law irrevocable till Jesus comes back. All right. So that's where all sowing starts. Now, I'm trying to move as quickly as I can because I'm trying to condense, and that's what's blocking my mind from time. I'm thinking, how do I get off this point to the... Your life and my life is a field. If we can see it like this, God gives us a field of life. Mine started in 1943. I don't know when it'll end. I don't know when yours started. But yours started at some time when you got life. And when you came to Christ, the potential for that exploded. So our lives are a field. And every, now listen carefully, please, every opportunity you get or I get is an opportunity to sow seed. So God will give you opportunities throughout the day. Sometimes you get 10, sometimes you may get 100, 500. An old lady walks past you, an old man walks past you, they need some help, it's an opportunity to sow seed. It doesn't have to be, hey, do you know you're going to hell? Do you know that Christ died for you and loves you? Just to be kind, to help, to show some care, to show some love. You see, I'm trying to, we want to get to the 17 kinds of seed that we need to be sowing. In case I don't get there, well, definitely won't get there. I'm trying to just throw a few things out. So our lives are a field. If you can look at it that way and see yourself there, and when you walk out of the store, even before you go out today, God's going to give you opportunities to be kind to someone to sow some seed into some area of life. Every one of us gets those opportunities. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, from verse 8, if we can get that up there, Isaiah 55. My thoughts are not your thoughts, I think is where it starts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so is my, my, my thoughts and my ways, etc. I'm trying to run through, just quickly move down uh, the next verse. As the rain and the snow come from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish. What are we talking about? My word shall not return unto me void. So that it yields what? Seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Now, can I stop there for a moment? Because this is also spoken of in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. That God supplies seed for the sower and bread to eat. So God's saying, Dudley, Darren, whatever your name is, I want to give you seed, and I'll give you seed while you sow. And if I give you seed and you sow it, I'll give you bread, that which you need for your own needs. I'll provide for you. But if you don't sow seed, God only gives seed to the sower. And when we begin to sow, it's then that God more than satisfies every part of our lives. No matter what comes our way. Seed to the sower. So if you're not sowing good seed, start to sow it from this moment. You see, the, the harvest you're now reaping, 
right at this moment, is from the seed you've sown in the past. What kind of seed? If it was good, you're getting good harvest. If it was not so good, you're not getting a good harvest. A lot of people say to me, nobody understands me. Everybody hates me. I don't think there's a person on earth that everybody hates. Because everybody doesn't know you. And everybody that does know you doesn't hate you. The majority might. But not everybody. But I want to say to them, I don't have the courage. I want to say, look, if that is true, you've been sowing bad seed, man. Because you're only getting back what you sow. If everybody hates you, it's because you sow hate. Nobody understands me. Well, how about starting to understand someone? Nobody cares. <laughs> you get the picture, don't you? It's what you're sowing. So reading on. So that uh, to, he, he, so is my word that goes out of my, from my mouth. It will not. God says, I'm telling you now, Dudley. I'm telling you, Darren. I'm telling you whatever your name is. My word will not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I desire. So everything in my life, as the field I'm living in, as he brings people my way, he's got a purpose, a desire. He says, if you'll sow the right seed now, that comes from the word, not quoting Bible all the time, although some of that's not always too bad, but doing what the word says. Because that's what it is. His word is not you running around quoting the King James Version of the Bible or some translation you like. It seems to me if you quote the King James, you're more spiritual than... I heard an argument on the TV this morning, some Christian guys talking about the only Bible in the whole world you can read is the King James. Anyway. Reading, reading on. It will not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which, for which I purpose, which I sentence. Moving on, please. You will go, I'll leave that for you to read while I talk on, just for the sake of time. Okay, so. God wants you to see your life, wants me to see my life, like conduit. That he's going to pour blessings into, and through you, he wants to bless more and more people. And a beautiful thing in 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 10, I think it is, chapter 4, verse 10, it, it actually says that our field, God wants our field to enlarge. So the more I sow, the more I give out, the more I help people, the more... God's seed goes out of me, the bigger my field. And folk, just think of yourself. Well, none of us, if we don't think of ourselves too highly, not too many of us think we're superstars. But there's no end to what God can do through your life if we'll just start sowing the right kind of seed. Why not test God in this? Say, God, I'm, I'm going to stop complaining. I'm going to stop criticizing. I'm going to stop fighting for everything. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm gonna, and I'm going to start to do what the Word of God says I should do. I'm going to start claiming your promises. Etc., yeah. etc. Et so, let me see how I'm trying to... So, what is good seed? The Word of God. That's where it starts. And Luke tells us 
The, the seed is the word of God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, it says, You have been born again, not by a perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So while I've got heaps of scriptures, and unfortunately I can't, the ones that would have come up, I'm going to ask not to. There's a whole lot of scripture about this word being seed. Let me, I want to try and answer five questions. I'm only going to really answer the one, the fourth one I think it is, or the third one. But I want the, these five questions are questions you need to answer for yourself. And I'm trying to do that this morning. Why should we sow? Why should we sow? And then secondly, how should we sow? Thirdly, what should we sow? That's the one I want to try and answer this morning. Fourthly, when should we sow? And fifthly, where should we sow? Why should we sow? Well, I can't answer that. I've got five reasons that I would love to have given you. Let me just put this out to you and move on to the next point. To receive a harvest. You don't sow, you don't receive a harvest. Any of you who've been in farming, done any farming, or even in the backyard of you or in your little hothouse, you can't just buy some soil, put it there, pour some water on it, keep it warm, do whatever's supposed to be done, and there's nothing in the soil. I know what will come up. Weeds. But in order to get a harvest, you've got to sow. That's why. But I just thought of this this morning. And so I asked them if they just add this in. Turn with, just look at Haggai chapter 1 quickly, please. Haggai chapter 1. This is what God says in the fifth verse. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give, thoughtful, give careful thought to your ways. You have, now he's talking to his people. So in a sense, that's us. You have planted much. In other words, you've given out, you've done a lot, you've run around, you've exerted a lot of energy and opportunities. You've planted a lot, but you've harvested little. You eat, and you never have enough. You drink, and you never have your full. He's really saying, you're dissatisfied no matter what you try to do, and these are God's people. You're dissatisfied. So it's a good thing to stop for a moment and say, with all integrity and honesty, I've got to answer this question for myself, no one else. Am I really satisfied? Jesus came to give us life with a capital L, abundantly. How satisfied, those of you who married, let me be naughty again. How satisfied does your spouse behave? Those of you friends, <laughs> how satisfied does your friend sitting next to you who claims to know Christ, how satisfied do they behave? What are you doing, Dudley? Just saying, when I ask that question, we get more integrity from ourselves. So for me to say, how satisfied, and how satisfied does Dudley behave? Oh, praise God, I'm a sad... And she's sitting there saying, liar. <laughs> Not saying it, but... Do you, do you see what I'm trying to get at? Just that we face integrity, honesty. So, you put on... 
clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Never have enough. Never satisfied. This is what the Lord Almighty said. Give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought. This is God's word. This is not Dudley. This is not some preacher. This is God's word. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in what in it and be honored. He says, you expected much, but see little, but see, it turned out to be little. Why? What have you brought home? I, what you have brought home, I blew away. Why? declares the Lord Almighty. Listen now, because of my house. What's he talking about? My dwelling place. And I'm the dwelling place of God, you the dwelling place of God, but together we are truly the house of God. Because of my house which remains in ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. And then he goes to say this thing, therefore because of the heavens, because of you, the heavens have withheld the dew and the earth its crops, etc., and it doesn't, doesn't produce. What are you saying, Dudley, that I've got to give up everything in my life and just focus on the church? No, focus on him, but if you focus on him, you'll get involved in seeing his church flourish, become productive and effective. Now, if I took this front row and I was sitting in it, David has something that I can't do. Each one of us has something that the other can't do. So if that seat is now empty because I say I've had enough, I'm not going to do it, I'm, gonna, I'm getting on with my life, There's gonna, the whole church will suffer. The house of God. That's what, that's what the scripture is trying to say. It really is saying, if we really sold out and we want to be satisfied, we've got to satisfy the heart of God. And God wants the church to flourish. Jesus actually said, I'll build my church. And the church I'm building, the gates of hell can't even, they cannot come against it. They will never succeed. And yet we see the church under pressure, on the back foot, people bailing out. The government ignores us. And it's like, there's a sense, and this, is, and this is not the full truth, there's a sense of like, there's some ruin in the church. And God's saying, I want you to get involved, that we stop this. Does that make sense to you? How many of you are offended by that? Please be honest with me. Put your hand up and say, Dudley, I think you're wrong. And I think you're bringing legalism. All right, let's move on. How to sow? All I can say is scatter generously. I have 10 things, 10 ways that we need to sow, but just scatter generously. You'll find that in Luke 8.5. The sower scatters, and some falls on the, the, the hard ground, the, the rocks amongst the thorns, generously. It's just sowing. Thirdly, what to sow? And that's where I want to... And the fourth one would be when to sow... And that's every opportunity you get. I've got a whole lot of things I'd like to have said there. And where to sow in good soil. Soil that will produce fruit. Can I just touch that one for a moment and get to the 17? Quickly. I don't know whether we'll get to 17. But where to sow? You sow in good soil. 
God wants to sow into your heart good soil, but he wants you to wisen up and say, are you sowing where it's just not producing anything? We can be sowing into the wrong things. And the only way to find out how to, where should I really be sowing, Father, is to ask him. And then give him some time. People are sowing into things out there where the people are just conning us. Even Christian organizations that are conning people. Some are even sowing into churches that are producing nothing. Every week they come and they put their money in the box and whatever the case may be. And there's nothing happening. No life. No transformation of people's lives. So, wise enough. I wish we could look at that. But we... Let's get to then to what to sow. Well, we start with the, seed, the Word of God. Store on how to sow you, what to sow. 17 seeds. One, sow God's Word every opportunity you get. The truths of the Word of God. Sow yourself. If you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Him, you're beginning to sow. While you trying to save your life, you're not sowing your life. Dropped off. Sorry. Can you still hear me though? Okay. If you sow yourself, there's nothing, thanks Darren, none of your circumstances can stop God making you fruitful. Just sow yourself. You can be ill. I've had some really bad times of illness. Still kept sowing. As I say, for the last year, I've been sitting and preaching at least two or three messages per week. Per week. Preparing, praying, preaching. Dealing with people out across overseas, etc. Some even in this city and across the country. Just sow yourself. Make yourself available. Hey God, I'm available. Use me. Whatever you want to do, use me. Open up your opportunities for me. Use me. I want my life to count. And I'm telling you, God is not going to mock you. So, so Jesus, that's the third little part. All of these are interlinked. They all come out of the Word of God. So Jesus. The Word of God tells us in, in, in Galatians 3.16 that Jesus is the seed that was in Abraham in the Genesis 12 thing. And that we are to sow him as seed, and we're his seed. So the gospel, the good news. You know, there's an interesting thing in Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 uh, onward, that people miss. The good news is the kingdom of God. And you stop and you've got to say, wait a minute, isn't the gospel telling people about Jesus? Well, that's part of it. But if you're telling them about Jesus and he's not king, it's not good news. There's so many Christians who say, I've accepted Jesus, but they're unhappy because they didn't make him king. It's good news of the kingdom. Those are the literal words. So sow the gospel, but the gospel that keeps Christ in his right place. Are you with me? Very good. Sow faith. 
So faith, not fear or doubt or unbelief. Hebrews 11.6 says that faith pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, Hebrews 11 says. Without faith. So, so faith, not fear. What is this COVID thing doing to your life? Now, I'm not being funny about this. It's wise to put on a mask if they tell us to do it. But a lot of these people, I see them walking around with masks and they're absolutely living in terror. We don't have COVID at the moment by the grace of God in Adelaide. But there's some people, they just creep around the supermarkets like, I want to walk up and say, it's good that you're doing this if that's what makes you happy. But stop fearing. That's not mocking anybody if I knock this off of them. What, what is gripping your heart? So faith. You see, the Bible tells us that what, is, what gives us victory? Even our faith. Faith keeps us buoyant and victorious. Believing what God says. So move from fear today into faith. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Oh, I've got all these scriptures anyway. So faithfulness. These are all the precepts of God. Faithfulness. You know, Proverbs 20 says this in the verse 6. Proverbs 26. Many a man, and that's man and woman, many a man claims to have unfaithful love, unfailing love. But a faithful man, who can find? That's a dynamic question, isn't it? Faithfulness. Faithful to God. Are we faithful to God? Really faithful. Faithful to our family. What goes on even in our minds regarding our families? Are we faithful to them? Some of the younger guys, younger married and sometimes even the older, when we see some certain things, are we faithful? It's incredible for, to me. I mean, I'm, I'm not much of, any good really on uh, well, the whole tech business. But I'm like looking up something and boom, out just springs this thing. That's there to entice me. It's almost like they know this is a male, so we'll pop up a naked female. What are you going to do at that moment? So faithfulness. My kids used to mock me. They still do, I think, because we'd be sitting watching TV and up jumps something that somebody blasphemes the name of Jesus or somebody pops out of a wedding cake or some kind of a cake and they're half naked. I just switch it off. Oh, Dad. I don't want any seed. I can't help what I see, but I can help what I do with what I see. I can't help what I hear. But I know what I can do with what I hear. You see, it it's not, hasn't planted itself till it gets down there. Gets in my eyes or my ears. It hasn't been able to find a place to root yet. But you think, oh, oh that was nice. Oh, wow. The devil's just rubbing his hands saying, gotcha. Gotcha. So faithfulness to your family. So faithfulness to your friends. This isn't true. Who can I, who can I use my wife? 
Has my wife got any friends in here? Any? <laughs> you, you're a good friend. <laughs> if, uh, no, but seriously, if people are attacking Darren and, and they, they are friends, what are you going to do with that? Now, if it's true, you've got to say, well, yes, but don't become unfaithful. I'm, I'm tempted to say things, but I better not. So faithfulness, not only to your friends, to your church. Faithful to the church. Faithful to world evangelism. Hoping to see people come to Christ. The discipling of the nation. So faith to helping the poor. Be, be faithful in helping the poor. Where you get opportunities. Faithful to your leaders. Not only in the church, in the country. Are you faithful to Australia? I'm incredibly... I, I just don't understand it. When people come in here from over, other countries like I have, and then they start criticizing this country. If it is as bad as I hear all these guys talking about, what are they doing here? Why don't they go back Amen. to something better? Amen. Are you there? Amen. And you Aussies that are born Aussies, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you make out like it's the worst country in the world. It's, man, it, people are, are paying, they, they paying with their lives trying to get you. They, they're dying in containers trying to get you. They're shipwrecked, drowning at sea trying to get you. Be faithful to this country. Be faithful to its leaders even if you disagree with their policies. Come on, Dudley, preach the word of God. That's exactly what I'm preaching. The word of God tells us Honor your leaders. Pray for the kings, those are in authority. Can you imagine if just the Christian church, oh, I really have, I'm going to have to quit here. If just the Christian church itself would take the time it spends criticizing leaders in the church or in the country and just started to pray for it. If they spent the same amount of time, can you imagine the people we would have in leadership? So faithfulness, I've got a whole lot of... So friendship, not the discord and divisiveness. Be friendly, approachable, reachable, human. Be human. So repentance, when you sin, repent. You sow repentance, you're going to get forgiveness. So your finances, even in famine... So praise, and so prayer, and so prophecy. But I'm going to come back, and I'm leaving the rest out. That, I think that was the 13th one I'll just touch. But I want to just come back to this thing of praise. Do you know that in the Bible, there's more said about praise than prayer? Mm -hmm. 
How about starting to praise God? Not only in the meetings. Now, I know that most of us most probably are living what I'm saying. But there's room for all of us to increase more. Sow more seed. More seeds of praise. Praise God. Get out of the, before you even get out of bed in the morning, start tomorrow morning. Before you get out of bed, God, thank you for today. Thank you for the possibilities and the potential of what lies ahead of me for the next X amount of hours. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. I get up, get out of my bed after I've praised God for a while. I go straight in and I put my, some Christian music on and I just praise God with it. And one of my favorite songs that keeps coming up we sang today, Jesus, holy and anointed one, risen and exalted one, your name is like honey to my lips, your spirit like water to my soul. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Jesus, I love you. I love you. And I will sing that sometimes 30, 40, 50 times. Jesus, I love you. Now, I don't like repetition just on and on singing and singing for nothing. When it's coming out of the heart. And it's not someone telling me I got you. It's spontaneous. And lots of what we do is because someone's telling us. We want to break that. So praise. Praise God and learn to praise people. Learn to praise people. Now please, this is no reflection on these guys and generally I think they have done pretty good. But I'm amazed around the world, even as a preacher, I go and preach my guts out. And not one single leader says thanks. And you may know the same for what you are called to do. That nobody's, you mothers, how seldom do your kids come back and say, hey, thanks, mom. How many people come and say to Darren or to David or whoever's preaching, thanks. Now, I'm not talking about me now today. <laughs> Just forget it. But you know what I'm trying to sow in? God's looking for a grateful people. Because when I say thank you to Darren for doing something, I really am saying, God, you provided the opportunity. You brought him my way. He's doing this, but I'm receiving it from him and you. So we're praising people. We're praising God. Because we're realizing, God, you're involved in my life at every level, and you care for me. Now, will you stand, please? Father, you're a good father. Your word says, if we then being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more shall our Father in heaven give good gifts and even give the Holy Spirit to us that ask? We acknowledge today that you are awesome. You're holy, you're righteous and you're just, you're majestic and glorious.
You're fearful. But we thank you that you're gracious and you're kind and you're loving, forgiving, merciful, generous. You're slow to anger and you are so quick to forgive. We acknowledge today that you're our rock. You are our fortress. You're our tower. You're our strength. You're our shield. You're the glory and the lifter of our heads. We come before our God and ask that out of all of this that you are and you've provided for us, the opportunities in life, the seed you've given to us from the Word of God and even in our pockets and in our lives, our homes, out of all of this, you're involving us and inviting us to work with you. And you've promised us you'll give us a harvest not just 30 or 60, but a hundredfold. Oh God, I'm asking for every person that's come under the sound of this message, their families, their lives, every part of everything they are, the totality of the human, that today they would begin in a deeper way, including myself, all of us, to experience more and more and more, and that you may give us more seed, that we may sow more, that our field will enlarge. So bless us. Bless our, your, your church. Bless its people. Bless our families. Bless every person that we have anything to do with throughout this coming week. And beyond that, on and on, ongoingly, for the rest of our lives. We're looking to you, O oh God, for only you can do it. But we want to respond and say we're open with our hearts being good soil today. In Jesus' name. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus.